0: Hey, welcome. So glad you're here. Um, I gave uh, Pastor Dwayne 10 bucks. He said I could have the mic for a minute. So whatever it takes. I'm so glad you're here. If you're first time here, maybe you are new. first time in a long time, maybe you've been stalking us on Facebook Live. Well, we're so glad you did, and we're glad you're here. My name's Pastor Jeff. I just get the honor to serve with the greatest teams in the church. Amen. I'm honored today also to be able to introduce our speaker today. You know him. Your kids know him. You've seen him take slime <laughs> during VBSs. You've seen him uh, give a lot of pies in the face to his beautiful wife, Holly, during VBS. Uh, church, here's here's what you already know, but I want to say it publicly again. We are so incredibly blessed to have Pastor Chancey And Holly, leading our children's ministry, we could not be more blessed. I know you know that. Before he comes, I want us to just pray over the reading of the word today. I pray you will listen. I pray you will be prepared to receive whatever he has for us today. Again, thank you for being here. God bless you. We're we're just thankful for you. We love you. We need you. Father, we lift you up in this house. You alone are worthy. God, we have sung to you. We've sung about you. We've sung because of you. And now, Lord, we ask you to prepare our hearts. Just just plow up the ground of our hearts so that seed can be deposited, take root, and grow. Lord, we just bless the reading of your word. God, I pray a special, just a special anointing. on God, as he delivers to us exactly what you've given to him. God, we love you. We love you. We're so thankful. We're thankful for the children and the families of the body, Dayton. God, Pastor Ben, that leads these children in worship and raising up his replacements. Amen. We thank you for that. That's how it should be in your kingdom. God, now speak to us. And anything good that happens here today is because of you and you alone. In the incredible, powerful name of Jesus Christ, we pray these things. And the church said, let's welcome Chancy, huh? Thank you.
1: For those of you that maybe don't know, well, let's see if I can get my iPad to turn on here. That would be it, right? I've got all my notes on the iPad and it decides not to work. All right, there we go. So those of you that don't know, my name is Chancey. As Pastor Jeff said, my wife Holly and I have the privilege of leading children's ministry here at the church. And if you haven't been part of our children's ministry, we get that incredible worship band leading us downstairs each and every week. If you're a guest, this is your first time on the fifth, whenever there's a fifth Sunday in a month, we get the privilege of letting them and being a part of them leading us in worship up here Um, So this was a glimpse of what worship is like downstairs. So if you want to be in children's ministry and get to enjoy that on a Sunday, you don't miss a thing because we've got a great worship team up here each and every week, and we've got a great worship team down there. So there is awesome opportunities to be involved, and we would love for you to be a part of what God is doing at the Body Dayton because he is moving, and I am so glad to be a part of a church where the spirit of god is moving in this church and it's because we're getting ourselves out of the way and we want god to move and we want to we're willing to let him do whatever he does and uh, that gets a little scary at times <laughs> um, because once in a while the senior pastors are like hey chancy do you want to speak and you just freeze in fear and they're like um maybe or the so i just if i don't look at you adults today it's because i'm going to look at the kids because The kids I'm used to speaking to, you adults scare me, just so you know. Um, So yeah, I don't know uh, why they let me do this, um, but I am so privileged to share with you today. And so this week I was praying, and even before that, God, what do you want me to share about? What do you want me to talk about? There's got to be something that you want me to bring. And as I was praying and and struggling with what that was going to be and trying to hear from God, ultimately I landed on the book of Romans chapter 12. So if you don't know, um, the New Testament was written about a lot of the events that happened after Jesus was here on earth. And the book of Romans, to no one's surprise, was written to a bunch of Roman people known as the Romans by a guy named Paul. Right. He was super creative with the titles. Right. Yeah. Get children's ministry in there. We'll come up with something crazy. But um, so he writes this book to the Romans but it's not to like all of Romans. It's like the church in the city of Rome, right? So I want to set some context before I get into this of who he's talking to. So Paul's writing this letter to the church. And the, most of the New Testament, you get past like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, where it's kind of like this history lesson of Jesus in the early church. You get into the next section of books, right? And it's like book after book after book to the church in Rome, to the per- church in Ephesus, to the church in Galatians, to the church, right? And so it's these letters that were written to the church. And the reason that it's in the Bible, right, is so that we can read it as the church of today and learn from it, right? So when we read this passage together today, I want us to sit and listen to it because it was written for us, right? This isn't just a letter written by a dude a long time ago to a bunch of people in a church a long time ago. Right? This was this was written. God recorded this in his word so that we as a church, as the body dating this morning, could hear what he has to say to us. All right. So with that, let's jump to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Oh, and I, you know, this week I had like the whole chapter. I was like, this is what I'm gonna talk about, this whole chapter. I think you're gonna get two verses today, (laughs) because that I that's I could I got lost in those two verses, so quite frankly. So there is a lot in here, and I hope you guys, I hope I can communicate like a fraction of what I learned um, this week. So, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, from the NIV. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is your true and proper worship. I have heard, I grew up in the church. I have been at church Every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, since I was like a baby. If the church was open, I was there. And my parents were farmers, so that wasn't easy, but they made sure I was at church. So when they read that passage this morning, I was just hit with that because my parents were so focused to make sure I was there and not in a ritualistic way, because, but in a way that they wanted me to interact, to know who it was, to know God. So I've heard this verse like a million times. Right, and so, but when you read through it, if you're not, if you're not raised in the church, if you're not, if that's not just your thing, if the, maybe you've never walked inside of a church before, and you read that, and you're like, what is this guy talking about? Right. So he, he says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters. So you remember how I said this was a verse written to the church in Rome, right? So brothers and sisters was kind of like that family type, you know, term that he was using to refer to the other Christians, the people that love God, that follow God, right? He says in view of God's mercy, right? Because we know that our God is merciful. If you if if you have know much about God, you know that we don't deserve anything that we've been given, right? And so in view of God's mercy because of what everything that God's done for us, the, the 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 grace that he has given us. He says, "Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice." Okay, now it just got weird, right? I mean, A living sacrifice. So what is a sacrifice? What is this guy talking about? So I was like, all right, so how do I explain what a sacrifice is to somebody that doesn't know what a sacrifice is? Because we've seen Hollywood, right? And we've heard the term sacrifice. So let's back up. Where does this start? And you start flipping backwards in your Bible and you can go all the way back to Genesis chapter three where this is like God just creates the world, boom, right? Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, all that stuff. Adam and Eve eat the the fruit from the tree, right? And they sin. And the what God does with them after pronouncing judgment is that he clothes them in the skin of some animals, right? And a lot of people believe that that was the first sacrifice. That was the first example that God gave of a sacrifice. An animal had to die for them to wear the skins of the animal, right? And it it follows cuz in the next chapter we get we get um the story of Cain and Abel, right? And Cain brings forth fruit and produce from the field, and Abel brings, like, a fatted sheep, right, as a sacrifice. And God was pleased with Abel's offering and not with Cain's, right? So even this, this concept of sacrifice started all the way back then, right? So, okay, so it's a sacrifice. So what happens in a sacrifice, I don't want to get too far into that because you guys are all going to want to have your appetite later, right? But you get the idea, right? The animal had to die in order for something to be clothed in its skin. And so this is the example that God set way back in the beginning. And by the time that Paul is writing this, the children of Israel have been seeing sacrifices happen for thousands of years. Which is hard for me to comprehend, right? Our country is not even 250 years old. So to, for them, you know, and I think like the United States is old. So, you know, what's thousands of years? Can you imagine the tradition built into this, right? So that a sacrifice to us seems weird, right? I sacrificed this morning. I drank my coffee black without cream or sugar because I was trying to save a few calories, right? <laughs> Woo! It wasn't even Starbucks. It was, no. You know, come on. I mean, we we are the American church, right? We think sacrifice and we've got all kinds of ridiculous ideas in our head, right? But what he's talking about here, when when Paul wrote this to the Christians that were reading the Bible and reading the Old Testament, their idea wasn't of a drinking their coffee black. The idea that he they got when they saw this was of an animal dying, blood everywhere, it's a mess, craziness going on, and so... When he writes this, he says, Present yourself as a living sacrifice. It is like their minds had to be a little confused. Because what happens at every single sacrifice? <laughs> Something dies. So if you start turning around and say, Okay, you're, it's like I feel like these people would be reading it and all of a sudden they come across an oxymoron to them, right? Because there isn't a living sacrifice. Sacrifices' whole purpose is to die. And so when they read this, they're really confused. And so I was, I was going through this, like, what, is, you know, what does he mean by this? What does he mean by this? Because the whole purpose was to die. And over and over, that was going through my head until God says that wasn't the whole purpose. Because if you remember, this is the God who created the world. He's not excited about a bunch of animals getting slaughtered. That's not what he was doing it for. He wasn't looking forward to his killing of a sheep because in the whole idea of the sacrifice the point was never for the sacrifice to take away the sins right we, we over and over in the old testament they would sacrifice something and they would do it in a way and then as a as a reminder of the sacrifice and they would talk about their sins being forgiven right and they would they did stuff like laying their hands on the head of the animal and stuff like that all this read the old testament it's crazy there's all kinds of Stuff involved in that that I'm not going to go into today because I'll get lost. But the, the sacrifice wasn't for the death. The sacrifice wasn't for the blood. It wasn't that God was somehow happy when there was a dead animal laying there. Because that's not the God we serve, right? The point of the whole sacrifice and the whole point of the sacrifice was to point forward to the perfect sacrifice. Right? You can take... man if you wanna just get lost in the Bible, try to read the book of Romans and the book of Hebrews. Right, I'm trying to struggle through two verses in Romans today and I'm gonna refer to Hebrews because I can't go there because I'll get lost again. But the book of Hebrews, it talks about the sacrifice and Jesus being the perfect sacrifice, right? the ultimate high priest for us and over and over and how all of these sacrifices that happened in the Old Testament were for the purpose of pointing to Jesus. Right When people came and they offered that sacrifice, they were forgiven because they were looking forward to and trusting in the fact that God was going to send the perfect sacrifice at some point in the future. Because now we read the Bible and we pray and we ask for forgiveness and and we repent because of what Jesus did. But for them, they're on the other side of the timeline. right? They're looking forward to Jesus coming and they have to put their, I think they almost had it harder in some ways because they had to believe someday God will. Right, when I'm on this side going, man, I already know what Jesus did. How much greater and how much easier do I have when I'm like, I know what he did, I just gotta accept it. But these people are sitting there looking at that and praying and believing that God's gonna send a better sacrifice, right? And Jesus was that better sacrifice because ultimately Jesus came and he took the penalty that each and every one of us deserve. Because since the beginning of time in Adam and Eve, right, you kids know it, right? Adam and Eve were the first two to sin. Right, but every person since then has done what the same thing, right? We we've all sinned and we've all fall short of the glory of God. Oh, that's Romans 2. right? So, good book, good book. All right, um, but it, well, let's not stop there, right? What's Romans six twenty three say? For the wages of sin is death. Wait, if you don't kids, if you don't know what wages are, when mom and dad or whoever goes to work and they get a paycheck, they call that wages. That's what they've earned. That's what they deserve, right? And if you read that verse, it says, what have I earned? What do I deserve? Because, oh, man, our country and our culture will tell you, oh, man, you deserve this. Well, yeah, let me tell you what you deserve. Well, I'm not going to tell you. Read the Bible. You'll find out what you deserve, right? And, man, I stand up here today not as a, I mean, I stand up here to share with you as a pastor because that is what God has called me to do. But I don't stand up here as someone who has achieved I stand up here as a broken person that deserves none of this. Because of the grace of God, I'm able to share with you today what I have learned and I hope that you learn. And you may know more than me. I'm not better because I'm up here sharing this direction. God may have placed something in your heart too. And I'm so thankful for the wisdom that exists in the men and the women of this church. This is such deep stuff. And it's so cool. And I love it. And I hope you guys are following with me. Right? So we've got this idea of Jesus being the sacrifice, right? And the whole point of the sacrifice was to look forward to Jesus Christ. The same way, you know, now as we're on the other side of history looking back, we do a, we have a tradition that we follow kind of looking back at Jesus in the same way, right? Communion. When we take communion, the whole point of the blood and the bread, right? We're looking back and remembering what Jesus did. So you can think of it that way. That kind of helped me some a little bit too. When I, they used to do the sacrifice looking forward to the perfect sacrifice that came. Now, when I take communion, I'm looking back and remembering the per- perfect sacrifice that already did come. So, back to our passage. So offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So when I read that, I, you know the whole idea of true and proper worship seems a little heady, adultish to me, right? And I'm a children's pastor, so I try to look at things differently. And uh, so I was trying to dig into the, like, how do I explain this? And one thing I found helpful is to, to read through um, other versions of the Bible, right? And just kind of the way that they've translated it, you learn different things. And a lot of this was translated very, very similar to between the different versions. But then I read it in the message, which is kind of like a paraphrase. So this has got another guy's kind of way of saying it differently. And man, this hit me because this, this to me was really cool. So let's look at, um, let's look at this in the, the message. Can I look at verse one of the message? All right, here we go. I love this. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you, because you know we all need it, right? This isn't easy to do. Take your everyday, ordinary life. I got one of those, right? (laughs) Who's got an everyday, ordinary life? Sometimes my life doesn't feel so exciting when I'm, yesterday, chipping ice away from the door of the chicken coop so that we could actually get in and feed them water, and ice bullets are going into my eyes, and never mind, anyways... So, I have an ordinary everyday life where things don't go right. And it says, you're sleeping, eating. Those are my two favorites. (laughs) Going to work, not my favorite. Um, And walking around life. Wow, look at that. Take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. I got stuck right there. Because this is how this applies to each one of us, right? Our ordinary, everyday life. If you guys remember back to December, we did our Body Dayton's Got Talent, right? And that night, what God gave me to share was that we didn't come and perform to make God happy, right? God already loves us completely just as we are. We came to give back as an offering, as a praise to God of what he did, right? So we aren't, what it's talking about here, the best thing you can do for God is to, sorry, I said this wrong, embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Right? It's not about us doing something to impress God. It's not about doing something so that God loves us. It's not about doing something so that God isn't angry with us and you know send fire from heaven and all those crazy stories we read in the Old Testament. Right, This is about me placing my life before him and saying, God, I want to be a living sacrifice. I want to do that. What does that mean for me? Right? The same way that the, the, the dead sacrifice in the Old Testament, was pointing forward to Jesus Christ. And the same way communion, when we now look back, points to Jesus Christ. This verse is telling us to be here. Not dead, but a living sacrifice. To live in this moment. And what is my purpose in that moment? The same thing the sacrifice was. Which was what? To point to Jesus. So when I go through all of this, and I'm trying to build this up so we can understand it, because I struggle to grasp what the living put together and how to communicate what a living sacrifice it is, it's the same thing that the dead sacrifice is, it, that points to Christ. It's the same thing that communion is, it's pointing to Christ. It's, the, it's chancy persons in my ordinary life, my sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and I am pointing to Jesus Christ. It's not that hard when you think about it that way because then I can grasp that every moment of my life is to be pointing somebody To Jesus Christ. And you know as I struggled through this and I went through this passage and I was like all right God this is what you got for me and I'm laying it all out and working on verses and trying to figure out how to explain things. It hit me. I was like God why did you give me this passage? Because Pastor Jeff and Pastor Dwayne have had this series on going after the one. And I'm like God why would you give me something that isn't part of that? Like I feel like you're moving our church this is something that you are speaking to our church in a direction of where we're going. Why did you give me something that's not part of that? Because I don't see why you would give me this and give them this, because that it it generally when I see Jesus work, right, he puts it all in the order. So I'm like, God, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Why is this not lining up? And God said, um, you're missing it. Well, <laughs> well, not a big surprise. He's told me that a few times. But all right, God, what did I miss? How does this, how does this, this living sacrifice part, when, he, when I finally got it, how to explain how this fits into the going after the one, this part is it. It's that simple. What is going after the one? It's pointing every person to Jesus Christ, right? That, that's how it fits in. It's, it's, it's us in our sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life pointing every single person to Jesus Christ. That's me going after the one, and sometimes we make it into this big thing, and sometimes it is this big thing. Sometimes we have to do something outside of the box. Sometimes we do just have to do the little things of our sleeping, eating, ordinary, everyday life, and I'm excited to see what we do next to reach our community and the people around us for Christ, but it's not sitting in my box waiting for people to come find me, because in my ordinary sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, God didn't call me to be a monk, right, and live in a monastery. Because they tried that once, right? History lesson, kids. What did they call that time in Europe where all the Christians went and hidden monasteries and didn't tell anybody anything about Jesus? What did they call that time? The Dark Ages, right? Because of the lack of light. So we are supposed to point everybody to Jesus, the light was effectively taken out of this society and didn't interact with society. And they called a whole couple hundred years the dark ages because the light of Jesus Christ wasn't out in the community. And as a children's pastor, you know what song came to my head? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some of you know it because anybody every, who's in it, I, would, I don't like to throw out like, Broad statements, but this is a broad statement. But I, if you went to Sunday school in the 80s, who didn't sing This Little Light of Mine? Right? I mean, come on. Right? And how does it go? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. And it says, hide it under a bushel. No. no. Exactly. You guys are awesome. This is like children's church. So. We aren't supposed to hide it under a bushel, right? There's no point in the sacrifice if nobody can see it. There's no point in me being that living sacrifice if I'm hiding it away. This is my going about my day. I'm not staying at home, well, maybe when I'm sleeping uh, and eating, but going to work, walking around, being in our community, being, talking to the guy in the street, talking to the guy at the supermarket, talking to the person at work when you get a chance. Right? This is my eating, sleeping, everyday life. It is me pointing to Jesus Christ. Me being that living sacrifice. So this is what God has been teaching me. So that sounds great. I'm going to be a sacrifice. I'm going to point everybody to Jesus. What does that look like? I mean, what, what, is, what does that really look like in every day? Can we go back to probably the second slide? It'll be verse two in the NIV. I want to see that one again if we can. All right. So Paul, knowing that I would need help, decided to pen this verse. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. All right. Do not conform to the pattern. I mean, that makes sense but what does that look like? So, in true children's pastor form, I needed an object lesson. So, anybody know what this is? Unfortunately, it's not candy. Sorry. That was a good guess, though, because I am a children's pastor. So, I decided it's a bowling bag, for those of you that don't know. Many of you probably, maybe, bowling's not as big of a thing as it used to be, but. Anyways, to share what being conformed means, I brought along my bowling balls. So, why are you laughing? I mean, they call these ping pong balls, but I'm going to use them as bowling balls today. And I thought about renovating the front of the church into a bowling alley, because I thought that'd be really cool. Um, I didn't tell my wife about it, because she probably would have found a way to make that happen, because she's that awesome. But... I wanted to show what being conformed means in a fun little way. So, what's the point of bowling? You throw the ball down and you knock over the pins. I don't have any pins to knock down in here, so I'm gonna use you. <laughs> so I'm gonna bowl. So put all your feet on the floor and I'm gonna bowl with my ping pong ball and we'll see what happens, right? So we'll find a spot here and all right, so did the ping pong ball go all the way through and knock everybody out of the way? What happened when the ping pong ball ran into something? It stopped, it bounced the other direction. Maybe I did it wrong. Maybe, maybe I did it wrong. Maybe, maybe I should go up with it. What do you think? Try it? I'm sorry. I hope the church's insurance covers this. All right. <laughs> I mean, how about over here? You guys back there? Is is the ball moving, people? No. Ryan, I'd try, but I'd probably hurt my shoulder. All right, so we're getting the idea, right? I can, I could look when there's nothing in the way. It makes the move, all right. But when there's, it's, there. Life is never like that aisle, right? I mean, my life's never been that way. Where there's just nothing in the way. Nothing keeping me from doing what I'm supposed to do, right? So when I, if we go bowling with ping pong balls, forget it, right? We ain't moving nothing. The ball is being conformed to the world. The ball is being conformed to whatever's in its way. When the ball hits something, because it's smaller, it moves. The thing doesn't move, the ball moves, it, right? That's not what God's called us to be. That's not what Paul's telling us right here. He says, don't conform to the pattern of this world. to conform to the pattern of your feet to try to find a way through, but it's gonna stop. That is not what we're supposed to do. What are we supposed to do? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Maybe I need something bigger. This is a bowling ball. So to prove my point, keep all your feet on the floor and here we go. What? Fine, I'll throw it. Okay, maybe not that either. huh? The insurance definitely doesn't cover that one. All right. Do you get the point? Are we following kids, right? And adults, right? We aren't supposed to be informed. We're not supposed to follow wherever we get bumped, right? We are supposed to Go through and be transformed, we're supposed to transform those things around us when we are the living sacrifice. the world around us changes because of what God did. Can we get um find ephesians four fourteen up there? Sorry, I should have gave you a little more heads up. that was coming uh that's four four so I will read four fourteen. I probably mistyped it when I asked it. All right, Ephesians chapter four verse fourteen says then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and every cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming wow we've seen that haven't we what really breaks my heart is we've seen that inside the church and out right I mean, we know it's out there in culture but man it shouldn't happen in the church let's not let that be us Instead, I like that there's an instead. It helps me know what to do. Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every aspect a mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. Remember how we were talking about pointing to the perfect sacrifice? This verse tells us that as we mature, as we speak the truth in love, as we grow and become in every respect a mature body of him, I love it when he talks about the body because we are the body. And that was a pun in two ways. So I hope you got them both. We are the body, Dayton. All right, and we are the body of Christ. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect, a mature body of him who is the head, Christ. Just like we are pointing to Christ, we are becoming like Christ. We are not being conformed to the world around us. We are not being blown to and from by the waves around us anymore, right? So if, you, if the bowling ball didn't get you, maybe you're a water person and you like the, the wind and the waves get you and you understand it that way. But we aren't supposed to be blown around and pushed around whatever way that happens. We are pointing people to Christ. The darkness can come, but the darkness has never overwhelmed this little light of mine, right? The darkness flees the light. Wherever the light goes, the darkness leaves and it has no choice but to do it. That's physics. That's physics. But it is such a great example of what Jesus Christ does through us. So, I have to caution you because Paul cautioned us. Don't, I mean, don't be a bowling ball in every respect. Because if I really did throw that bowling ball or roll it under the pews with your legs under there, what would it leave in its wake? Destruction and pain, right? Because there's enough Christians out there that are proud to be a Christian, and they won't bother telling you, and I applaud them for that, but they go through it like a wrecking ball, destroying everything in their path. Anybody that stands up against them, they are shouting them down, they are screaming them down from the rooftops and from the front of their social media right? Is that what God called us to do either? Because let's look at verse 18. Romans chapter 12, verse 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That is strong. And that is hard. (laughs) Some people really tick me off. I mean, no, no examples needed. Anyways, we'll skip on. So when we are supposed to be a light in pointing people to Christ, if we do that in such a we have the possibility to do that in such a way that people will never look at another Christian again and never darken the door of a church. Maybe you've been one of those people that swore you would never go through the doors of a church again and you happen to come across this Facebook feed today. And you're like, well, I'm not going to church, but we'll see what this is about, right? Man, we we collectively, as Christians who have lived on this earth, have done it wrong before. A lot of right, absolutely. I'm not here condemning all that. But we've got to point people to Christ in a way that draws people to Christ. We've got the most great, exciting, incredible message of love and acceptance that God has ever put. And why do we feel like we've got to shove it down their face? If you want to give me cake, give me cake. Don't shove it in my mouth. I mean, I will shove it in my mouth because I love cake, right? We are, you all laughing at me, but I, you're the same way. All right, so I may not like it if you come and start shoving it down my throat, even if it's the best cake ever. But if I come to you and share This is amazing. You have got to try this, right? It's different. When I'm pointing people to Christ, I'm not grabbing their head, cranking their neck around and saying, look at this, right? I'm going to them and saying, hey, let me tell you about my Jesus. Who heard that song this morning? This worship set was so perfectly set up for what God wanted me to bring this morning. It's, It's about to make me cry. Because when, when we are the little light that's supposed to be out there telling people about Jesus Christ, right? Let me tell you about, it's not that hard. Just let me tell you about my Jesus, right? And I know that's hard and it's scary at times too, but the battle belongs to the Lord. All right, right? You got, and you know what? Even if you put it in God's hands, it doesn't mean it goes easy. But when it doesn't go easy, there's another in the fire. Oh, yes. oh so good. God just nailed that. It, I didn't even realize all that until I was sitting there worshiping this morning. God's like, hey, check this out. And I'm like, okay. Oh, man, our God is amazing. Okay, one last thing I want to share with you because I'm a kid in heart and pretty much most of me um, is I like superhero movies. They're kind of fun. How many of you guys have watched the movie Avengers Infinity War? Most people, right? In Avengers Infinity War, I'll try not to give too many spoilers if you haven't watched a movie in the past 18 years, but um, in Avengers Infinity War, there's a moment where there's a large battle and when you go into battle, the battle belongs to the Lord. But when you, we have to be there. And when you go into battle, you need to be everything that God has called you to be. And in that that big battle, you guys know what I'm thinking about. One of the strongest fighters, the Hulk, right? Bruce Banner, the Hulk. Spoiler alert. <laughs> He's the Hulk. Psht. The Hulk shows up in the battle. Does he look like the Hulk in that battle? No! What's crazy when you think about it, Bruce Banner shows up to that battle in the Hulk Buster. Which if you didn't know, it's an Iron Man suit that was built really, really big because at some point Iron Man thought he was gonna have to fight the Hulk. So, do you get the irony in this? The Incredible Hulk shows up to a battle, not as the Hulk, but in a suit that was designed to defeat him. Do you get it now? Think about that. Oh, culture has a ways of telling us something too. And God can, we can talk through this. He shows up to fight. And does he do a good job of fighting? Eh, right? He struggles. That's not what he's meant to be. That's not how he's meant to fight. That's not how he's meant to be a part of what he is. But he's put on these things around him, the things that were meant to defeat him, to hold him down, to stop him from doing what he's supposed to do. And he's walking around in that, acting like he's doing his mission. Do we do the same thing? We're trying to thrive in the very thing that was meant to defeat us. We are sitting in a culture. This comes back to what I was talking about in verse 2. This is why I didn't get past verse 2. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. We are trying to thrive in a culture that is meant to defeat us. Why are we trying to conform to our culture? Why are we trying to act like everybody around us? Do the people that you interact with know that you're a Christian because you're different? Or are you just gonna look just like everyone else and expect them to just know you're a Christian and come ask you? We sit there and we act like Bruce Banner and we put on all the things that are meant to defeat us, to meant to keep us quiet, and we act like we're Christians, we act like we're showing people about Jesus Christ, but we aren't doing anything. We are meant to be a living sacrifice. We are meant to point people to Jesus Christ. So this is where I want to close. This is where I want us, we've got to respond to this. Above our doors says acceptance, authenticity, and action. We're at the action step here. Right? What are we going to do different? Because here's the question I'm asking you. I'm not really asking you. This is what I wrote down I was asking myself. God, how am I blending into the world instead of pointing people to you? How am I putting that suit on each and every day? What is it that I'm doing? Because I don't know what that looks like for you. I can't tell you the answer to that. You've got to seek that out. Maybe God's already told you that. And if he has, this altar is open. Come up here and deal with it because we didn't come here today to learn and do nothing. Please don't leave here today unchanged and unchallenged because I didn't come here necessarily to challenge you. I came here to point you to Jesus Christ and his word. And I hope that today his word challenged you because maybe you already know the answer, what that thing is, and you need to deal with it. Maybe you don't know what that is, and you need to come up here and ask God, God, what is that thing that I need to do different? Because God has put this out there for us to understand that we are supposed to go after the one. We are supposed to be a living sacrifice. We are supposed to be making a difference in our culture instead of putting on our culture to the point where we're completely incapable of fighting and being a part of what God has called us to do. How we live matters. Kids, you see it happen. You're, you are tempted to feel this way. You get in a group of kids at school and you want to fit in. Guess what? Your parents struggle with the same thing. When I'm at work, when I'm interacting with people, I don't want to stand out. I don't want to look different. I don't want to feel different. I mean, that's just human nature. But that's not what I was called for. I was called to be a human living sacrifice because I want people to know who Jesus is. And that doesn't happen only inside of this walls. And yes, we will absolutely do it inside of these walls. We will tell anybody you bring here, we were gonna tell them about Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ loves you. He wants to change your life. But I can't expect the entire world to enter the walls of the body, of Dayton. So what am I doing in my ordinary eating sleeping, going to work, walking around everyday life to point people to Jesus Christ. I hope that challenged you as it did me. I hope the word of God rings in your ears this week going forward. And in those moments where God opens the opportunity, I hope that you let your light shine. Don't hide it under a bushel this week. as the body Dayton, we get to see the light shine in these walls. And today, we get to celebrate as much as about to make me cry. We get to celebrate a light moving on. Because there isn't just one candle lit, right? When you bring two candles together, then you have two lights. And those two lights can make four lights. And as the body Dayton today, we are gonna celebrate somebody who is following what God's called him to do, following being a living sacrifice, because God called him to do something and it's maybe not the easiest thing to do. Certainly not gonna be easy to leave a comfort zone, a family, To go develop those new friendships, those new relationships. But he's obeying what God called him to do, to lead. So I'm going to ask Reggie to come up here right now. For those of you that don't know, sorry to break it to you this way. (laughs) um, But uh, we won't be seeing Reggie around here as often because Reggie has accepted the position of a youth pastor at another church. Let's celebrate that. I'm going to ask Pastor Jeff, Pastor Dwayne, Ryan, and Ben to come up here and join us. Because we've all been in churches and we've seen people kind of come in and go out. And we don't really know why. And today we aren't just going to let Reggie go out to the next thing God's called him to do. We're going to send him, because that's biblical. We're going to celebrate him. And it's hard for us, because we all love this guy. I remember Reggie coming in years ago, and I've got to watch Reggie grow. I've got to get, oh man, I love to serve alongside this guy. He just makes me smile and encourages me every time I talk to him. And he's about to go take that, personality, that love for Jesus Christ and that excitement for life and share it with a whole new group of volunteers. And I can't wait to see what God does through that. So we stand up here as the pastors of the body Dayton to celebrate Reggie, because we're not in competition with the church down the street. That's not why this, the body Dayton exists. And oftentimes you'll hear Jeff and Dwayne say, you know, you've passed a lot of great churches on the way here today. We celebrate them, but we're glad you joined us today. And this is one of those other great churches out there that's going to be better because they have Reggie. And so, Reggie, we love you. We celebrate you. We encourage you and we support you. And that support doesn't end today. When we say support, we, we really mean it. So we are going to continue to be there for Reggie and encouraging him. And I know Holly and I are specifically going to try to stay alongside of him, help him get going and be there for him however he needs it. We're not leaving. We're just going to do that too. Um, Psyched you out there for a second, didn't I? Sorry about that. Um, Yeah, we're going to. No, i just kidding. Um, We are cheering Reggie on. And uh, um, so we wanted to take a moment today to bring him up here. So that everyone in this body knew where Reggie's going, what God has called Reggie to do, and that we support and celebrate him. Do you want to say anything, Reggie? (laughs) Sure.
2: Testing, testing, one, two. Hi, guys. How are you? Uh, Jeez. I promise I won't cry, but... It already started. So, but um, <laughs> I love you guys. It's been uh, amazing five years. Just uh serving with these amazing leaders. Um, you know, it's crazy because, you know, I've been offered this before, you know, and a long time ago, like three times, different places, you know, and um I didn't take it because I didn't feel prepared. I didn't feel like I was ready, I didn't do that. And so I've been under Holly and Chancey's wing for the last four years. And it's because of you guys that I know I'm ready for this one. You're and so I'm taking this step and I'm grateful and I really appreciate you guys and this is always my home. That's just facts. We know this already. So that's all I wanted to say. I love you guys. Thank you. Alright, thanks Reggie.
1: <clears throat> we love you too man and and we we celebrate God moving. We're in a church where Seeing God move on a regular basis isn't abnormal, and I am so thankful for that. When God moves and takes someone to the next thing, that's really hard, and we hate it, in a way, right? Because of the loss it means to us. Just so you know, I'm sacrificing a lot for the. Not just kidding. <laughs> I mean, it is a sacrifice to lose you, but I'm just playing. Um, But we do this in celebration. And so I hope you guys get a chance to love on him today. Let him know how much he'll be missed and be in constant prayer for him. Because when you step up to do something that the devil don't want you to do, right, you know he's going to come against you. And so we, Reggie, today, this group of guys, we're going to put our hands on you. We are going to pray over you that God just blesses you as you move forward and then you all be dismissed. So let's pray. Father God, I just stand here with my brother, Lord, and I thank you that you have called him to this. Lord, the men standing here with me, we, we, just, we just pray a blessing on him right now, Father. Lord, you know the path that you've called isn't easy for any Christian, much less one that's willing to stand up and be a leader. So, but Lord, I pray that you will go before him in a way that just doors open for him. God, he was patient and humble enough to wait until he knew he was ready and you had truly called him to this position. And Lord, now he's stepping out in faith. So God, I just pray that you would bless him, bless the ministry that he is going to lead, that he's going to change, that he's going to infuse with energy. I pray that the walls will be full of children that know you, that will learn from you because of what Reggie has done to say yes to you, Jesus. God, I pray that you would go before him and provide for every one of his needs. I pray that he will not go with lack of, of needs and resources, that he wouldn't lack in volunteers, that he wouldn't lack in energy, but Lord, that you would just infuse him with energy, infuse him with insights and new ideas. And Lord, as we pour into him, as he gets started, God, I pray that you just bless him in a way that is so overwhelming that it's short time he is pouring back into us. Lord, that blessings go back and forth. God, oh. So many times in the Old Testament, We see people that are just blessed beyond belief and people can't explain it. I pray that Reggie is one of those people. God, I just pray that you would just, that people would take note of what God is doing and what Reggie has been called to do because he says yes. And I know Reggie is just a man like me or you. But Lord, when when you call someone to do something, get out of the way because you will make a way. God, we pray that Reggie's eyes never fail to see another in the fire with him because we know the fire will come. But God, I pray that his eyes will see you and know that you are with him. Lord, I pray that he will never forget the love that he has here and the support that he does. But God, I pray that he will just walk in faith in what you have called him to do, lifted up by your hands, supported by your strength. And God has the body Dayton. We cheer him on. We cheer on his church that he is going to, Lord. We pray that they would change their community to know you. And God, thank you for what you have done. So it is in your name we pray, in unity and in celebration,
0: in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.